praying last night, and I was like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to talk on? Because I'm trying to really have the Holy Spirit just do everything. Like, as far as, like, facilitate everything, because he knows much better than we do. So whenever I'm talking, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to talk on? And he reminded me, that we had a prophet three weeks ago, and he kept saying, Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is here. Um, and so he reminded me of that, and he said, I really want you to talk about Jehovah Sidkenu, though, which is, Sidkenu is the name of God. And I was kind of wrecked last night, because I've actually never read the whole chapter. There's only appears two times in the Bible, Jehovah Sidkenu. It's both are in Jeremiah, and they're almost identical passages. One's Jeremiah, uh, where's that? 23, verses 1 through 8, and the other is Jeremiah 33, um, verses 13. But so Jehovah Sidkenu, is, uh, it's crazy. So just, I'm going to back up a little bit more, then we'll rock and roll. I was in Oklahoma. I've lived in California my whole life. God said, go to Bible school. I was like, you're the boss. Went out to Oklahoma after six months. Hated my life, wanted to be back Stop. here so bad. There was no ocean, there was no blue skies, there were locusts and tornadoes. And it was crazy. I'm just kidding. But so, but I was out there and I graduated Bible school and I was thinking about doing a third year and God told me to start a business, so we did that. He blessed it, it was awesome. And then I was praying, I was about uh, four weeks from coming back to California, I was just praying about direction and everything. And we're about revival. Like, we've been about revival for years and years and years. It's just a heart. God had me do stuff on colleges. I've been a college pastor for years and youth group pastor for years. And God's always faithful, and there's incredible stuff that happens. But I was praying, and I was like, okay, just praying, not really asking anything specific, just enjoying prayer time in the morning with God and just relaxing in the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And he said, I want you to start a church. I was like, all right, you're the boss, whatever you want. And then he was like, and the name of it, Sid Canu. And I was like, okay, I didn't know what that means. I just saw like the word in the spirit. You guys who get like words and stuff, do you see stuff in the spirit, like visions? And like a lot of times the Holy Spirit reveals stuff in pictures. Like you see a picture, and then once you start talking about the picture, you get the revelation of what it actually means. It's awesome. But so I saw the word Sid Canu. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. I kind of knew how to spell it, so I started Googling it. And Siri knew it right away, and so it popped right up. And so he said, I want my name, my church to be called Sid Canu. I've been doing business at that point for three years, and I was like, that's not very marketable, Lord. <laughs> I was like, I can't even pronounce it right now. <laughs> uh, but I was like, I just prayed a lot, and he said, do it. I was like, all right, you're the boss. And so last night, I was, re I was um, just reading the chapter in the context, and there's an incredible prophecy that goes along with the name, and it was just blowing my mind. It was just it, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I'm going to read this uh, Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 8. And keep in mind, guys, this is a prophecy. So a lot of the names like Jehovah uh, Nisa, Jehovah Rapha, are talked about like God being there, like the Lord our healer, the Lord our provider. So it's talking about like God will provide, God will heal. Jehovah Sitkinu is literally the only time it appears is in prophecy about restoration. And it's about restoration for a country. And it's incredible. Um, and after like doing the kickstart with the last reformation and hearing Torben, and I've had a lot of this stuff in my heart for a while, but I want you guys to listen to this passage in the context of today's church and like large churches and um, just listen, it's crazy. Jeremiah 23, verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for evil of your doings, says the Lord. 
But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will set up shepherds over them who feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell in safety. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord of righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so this passage is literally talking about restoration. Another word for restoration would be revival. And God goes into specifics. And guys, I want you to understand that um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with megachurches. I love the heck out of them. But what I've had a problem with the last five, ten years is I look at spaces, and we've had to be very careful that we don't become that way. And there's, you know, three pastors and like 5,000 people, and there's a lot of sheep who are just like wandering around. Like there's a lot of sheep who are going through stuff, they have addictions, they have problems, and they're just like going through stuff. And it's crazy because they're not growing. And the crazy thing is, for every shepherd is responsible for every sheep and their growth and all that stuff. And so if you're being a shepherd of 10,000 sheep and there's only one shepherd, that's a problem because there's no way you can take care of them. And so that means that there's a problem and that there are people wandering around, thousands and thousands of people in America who are going through stuff, who are dying, who are getting oppressed, and they're just quiet. On Sunday, they go to church with a big smile, and then on Monday through Friday, they're just like dying. There's hurt going on. There's pain. And they're not actually being healed. And it has nothing to do with church size. It has everything to do with pastor motive. You know what I mean? And so God is talking here, and he's saying, there are shepherds who are doing this, and I will restore Israel. I will restore the sheep, and my sheep will no longer go hungry. And so God is talking about restoring the church, or another word would be reforming. Right? And so God's talking about going in and removing everything that's fake and shallow and bringing the Holy Spirit in the presence of God and just starting to dissect stuff. One of the biggest things is allowing the Holy Spirit access in your church. Like allowing Him to actually move. Because if you keep the Holy Spirit out and the Holy Spirit is an individual helper and Jesus said it's better that the person of God leaves you so that the Holy Spirit can be an individual teacher, leader, guide, counselor and we're trying to bring back the person of God with one individual pastor over a lot of people instead of relying on the Holy Spirit who's an individual teacher, leader, counselor, then we're going to have a lot of people who are not being taught, who are not being counseled, who are not being comforted. And so the church has kept the Holy Spirit out. He hasn't let him move. Because the Holy Spirit wants to heal people. He wants to wreck people. He wants to love people, restore them, give you comfort, energy, so you can go on the street and just tear it up for Jesus. So you can go into your job and just love the heck out of people. So you can just go places and do stuff for God. But a lot of times the problem is that we rely on one figure when the figure that we had, which was Jesus, went up into heaven and said, focus on the Holy Spirit. Right? And so we need to put the focus back on the Holy Spirit, allow him back into church, and see what God does. And so that's, that's I mean, the last thing Jesus said, one of the last things was, where I'm going, you can't go. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And so we need to put that focus on the Holy Spirit because... Where Jesus is, we're not yet, but we will be. But we're not there yet. The Holy Spirit's our comforted counselor, teacher. Anyway, so this passage was just, I was reading this last night, and I was just getting wrecked, because I've seen America like that for a long time. And God talks about raising up shepherds who actually care about their sheep. And there are tons of pastors who love their sheep and love people, and God's raising them up 
to replace hypocrisy, to replace like false money motive. A lot of it's about the motive of your heart. And God's going to restore his church. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Amen. It's going to be a good place. Come on, Jesus. I know everyone's like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> um, all right, so in case anyone's wondering, it is pronounced Sid Kane. All right, so the accent is over the K. Sid Kane. And so it's Yehovah Sid Kane. Okay, so now you guys can speak Hebrew, so go over to Israel and save everybody. Um, okay, awesome. This is so good. It is so good. <laughs> Can you keep it quiet in the back there, please? <laughs> okay, so what does it mean? What does this mean to us? That's awesome. So the church has kept the Holy Spirit out of church for years. How do I know this? Because Jesus said you'll know people by their fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is love in the church, genuine love, love in community, like where people love each other. There's a limited amount of drama. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't like... Oh, and here's a big one. There's a limited amount of offense. There's so much offense in the church right now. It's crazy. Everyone gets offended at little things, and they're like, I'm out. I'm gone. You had your chance, God. I'm doing my own thing now. He didn't get me ice cream today, and I wanted it. He said one word wasn't of God. I'm gone. But there's so much offense, and offense comes when there's no Holy Spirit, because we're like, naturally please me, naturally please me, and your spirit's hungry, and it's like, I want more. But your mind is like, well, there's no, not too much Holy Spirit happening, so I want to be pleased in my mind. But when the Holy Spirit's there, you're at peace. You're at rest. You're like, this is awesome. Because you have to honor the Holy Spirit in your service for him to move. Because God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. So if you're just like, okay, here's a little bit of time for worship. Do whatever. Uh, words of knowledge, don't have time. Deliverance, that's weird. Healing after service. You know what I mean? You have to give access to the Holy Spirit. Because he's a God of miracles. And we're trying to solve everything with doctors and psychiatrists and all that stuff. When God has everything that we need inside of us, in the Holy Spirit. But we're pushing down the teacher. And so the teacher is like, come on, man. People are hungry. Let me teach. It's crazy. Come on, dude. It's getting real. I don't know. All right. But God is restoring his church. Jehovah Sidkenu means, I will restore my church. And it's talking about, Sidkenu is righteousness. But if you look in the Hebrew, righteousness and justice. And justice means that God will bring justice to the church situation. And so where there's injustice, he's going to deal with it. And where there isn't correctness, he's going to deal with it. And then the Holy Spirit will start flowing. I got a word like 10 years ago. God said, if people won't let my spirit into their church, then I won't use your church. I'll do it in parks. I'll do it on the street. I'll do it in beaches. There'll be gatherings all around of people worshiping, seeking God outside of it. Because God is not limited to what we allow or don't allow. But he's waiting for hungry people just to tear it up. Come on, Jesus. I love it. All right. So, how does this apply to us today? Great question. I know that God has a call in this generation for restoration. I'm serious. Every single one of you guys, God has a call in your heart for restoration, to be the restoration for your generation. We see evil, and I would really encourage you guys, a lot of times I hear people, they're like, it's so evil, Lord, send the rapture, right? Don't pray for rapture, pray for revival, because rapture means all those unsaved people, all those hurting people who are just waiting for you to love them, they're not going to be going to heaven. They're not going to be living with Father, you know what I mean? So pray for revival, not rapture, because praying for rapture means your perspective is wrong. I hear so many people, we go out and they're like, the ground's so hard in California. 
The soil is so rough. There's so much resistance. But this is what Jesus said. He said, look at the harvest. It's ripe and plentiful. Perspective, guys. It's 100% perspective. If you look at California and the world and San Diego like harvest, then you're just waiting to get out into the harvest and harvest. But if you look at it like tough ground, then you're just, you have no faith for it. And so you're going to see very little increase. And so we have to look at it like it's already ripe. They're just waiting. I tell you what, Friday, it was crazy. People are ripe. When they see the power of God and they see what you're doing is real and it's not religion, it's game over. Because yeah. remember, guys, this is all about relationship with our Father in heaven. It's not about religious rules and all this craziness. It's about love God, love people. Top two commandments in the whole Bible. Come on, Jesus. Yeah, you want us to go to Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> no. God doesn't want anyone to go to Oklahoma. <laughs> Send him here. It's a punishment. Oh, I love it. All right. In First Chronicles 12.32... It's talked about David's men. It said, in David's men, there were men who knew the times. And what that meant is they were spiritually aware. They actually knew what was going on in the spirit. There were men who knew the times. So I encourage you guys, spend time with God and let him actually reveal what season this is in America, what season this is in San Diego, what season this is in California, and wherever you live. Like, Because God will show you, is it a time of revival? Is it a time of prayer? Is it a time of harvest? Like, Is it a time just to tear it up? But they knew the time, so be aware. <laughs> These guys are dying with my slang. <laughs> They're like, tear it up, crush it, game over. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they knew the times, guys. I encourage you, get in the presence of God and be aware of your times. Because God uses people who know the times to do stuff. Three is mobilize. The kingdom of God, the violent take it by force. Okay? There's a sing- the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And so what that means is those who are hungry are actually going to see it. Those who want to see God move, they'll actually see God move. It's awesome. Now, um, I encourage you guys, enter into your quiet time to encounter God. And so what I mean by that is don't just go there. We're like, this is the gospel. We're going out on the streets. We're doing it. We're seeing Jesus. It's awesome. He's moving. But when you go into your quiet time, don't just do it so you can do stuff. Do it to encounter God. Jesus said in our Father's Prayer, kingdom of God in earth as it is in heaven. And so the kingdom of God is here, right now. We have the Holy Spirit. He is all of it. And he lives inside of us. And so the kingdom of God is inside of us right now. And so when you go into your quiet time, go to encounter God in the kingdom of God. Because he's already here. Like, we're already here. This world is awesome and incredible with God. And so when you go, go to encounter God and all the other stuff will just flow out of it. Gifts will flow out of it. Words of knowledge, healing, it's incredible. But just go to encounter God. And lastly, again, the kingdom of God is here. Walk in it, activate it. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Okay? So if you're just in your head all the time, you're literally living in someone who already died. Because in baptism you died, you rose again, you're alive. And so to be naturally minded, you're living in death. You're living with someone who's dead. But to be Holy Spirit minded, you're living in life. So realize the kingdom of God is here. Realize that you're living in the kingdom now. Realize that you're living in the spiritual world. And the spiritual world is more real than the natural world. I promise. And I know people who got saved out of witchcraft, the cult and everything, and they've seen the spirit. And it is a real world. And the cool thing is we actually live in power in that world. We're not just passive observers. We can deal with stuff. Amen. A lot of times when Jesus was healing people, he would cast out a demon and then they just get healed. 
because there's a lot of stuff that act around like that. But it's crazy. But I just wanted to encourage you guys that um, the name of this church is Jehovah Sidkenu. And that's not just like, oh, we're a great church, we're a special church or anything like that. It's, that's one of the words for this generation of people is God will restore us. Amen. God will restore our generation. Amen. God will restore us. But he's waiting for people to activate. Amen. Like we have to mobilize. We have to get out. Because God is looking at each one of us and he's saying, I love you, you're incredible, and I want you to tell other people how incredible they are. I've touched you, I've healed you, now go help me heal and touch other people. You know what I mean? Amen. It's crazy. But this word is a word for this generation. Jehovah said, can you, Lord of justice. And God will bring justice and righteousness to this generation. But let's rock and roll. Let's do it right. Let's tear it up. Let's give these people Jesus, right? Amen. Come on, Jesus. All right. Awesome. So we're going to pray. We're closer. Then we're going to do some announcements. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power. I thank you so much for just being here. I thank you for your love. I thank you for all the healings you've already done today, God. I thank you for the healings you've done this week. God, I thank you for blessing. I thank you that every person here is in faith, that you will start to prosper and bless their lives 100% in Jesus' name, because you watch over your word to perform it. And God, we just give you glory. I thank you for every word from you that would sink deep into our hearts, God. And any word not for you that we just forget it. And Holy Spirit, I ask this week, personally activate each one of our hearts, Lord God, for people around us, God. Give us your love and your eyes for everyone around us, God. And we just bless the kids in the back, God. We bless the children, God, because they're the next generation in Jesus' name. And we speak life into their future in Jesus' name. We thank you for already putting callings in their heart, Lord God, and just wrecking them for you, God. Just show them how much you love them, how important they are, God. And we just speak blessing into their future in the name of Jesus. 